the following program may contain adult situations and language that may be unsuitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Live from the RTDS studios, this is Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, proudly sponsored by, with your host, Chuck Basti. Chuck's personal mission is to introduce the world to the people that motivate him on his inspirational journey into his world of infinite mojo. Here's your host, Chuck Basti. That's me. Welcome, Mr. DJ Voice. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Finally hit puberty, huh? What if I talk like this? Do I sound sexy if I don't like yeah, this? Yeah, but uh, do some pointing. While yeah, that's it. what I'm doing right now. Excellent. <laughs> this is radio, folks. So I'm overjoyed right now, Todd. When I was a kid, my dad was in the Canadian Armed Forces, and we got posted down to Washington, D.C. at the embassy, and we lived in Northern Virginia, a little place called Vienna, Virginia. And Do they make sausages? No. Okay. And they were right next to America's most decorated country Western act, the Statler Brothers, from Virginia. And my dad loved the Statler Brothers. And whenever we'd be driving around in Northern Virginia or Washington, D.C., going to hockey games or hockey rinks, in my dad's 1976 Volare, he would always have three or four eight-track tapes that, of the Statlers in there. And it was my job to go in the back seat and to get the eight-track tape and, and put it in there. And I grew up listening to these guys, and it's my great pleasure to have Don Reed, the lead singer of the Statler Brothers, on the show today. Lead singer and, and songwriter, yeah. And, and lead songwriter. Um, I'm just overjoyed about this right now. He is, like, one of my favorite people as well, and I'm really excited about it today. Well, Don's warming up the vocal cords, so let's uh, take a short break, and we'll come back and, and pick his brain. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, heard Tuesdays at 8 p.m. on Listen Up Talk Radio. Paul Cavalcante inviting you to have a vinyl experience Sundays on RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., Encore, Encore at 9 p.m., and for Super Early Birds, 3 a.m. Monday morning. Well, it takes more than just ambition. And three chords on an old guitar. There's a few more things you ought to learn to be a country star. You gotta learn to sing like Waylon or pick like Jerry Reed. Yo, like Gene. Well, Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo and Listen Up Talk Radio. And, uh, Looking warm today and looking comfortable. You know, I like the the warmth you're getting off of me is is the vibe. <laughs> the vibe. It's the glow on my face right now because my next guest was a founding member of the most decorated band in country music history, being inducted to both the gospel and the country music hall of fame, the Statler Brothers. His career spanned in six different decades until their retirement in 2002, and the cause of my eventual broken heart. He's one fourth of one small group that sings his song along with his brother Harold. The late Lou DeWitt, Phil, and Jimmy Fortune, please. It's my great honor to welcome the legendary Don Reed. Thanks for being on the show today, Don. Chuck, I'm honored to be here. Glad to be here. Hey, listen, so I want to know, since 2002, since you guys broke our hearts and you know stopped touring and, and performing, how has retirement been treating you? Hey, it, it, we've been blessed with a great retirement. Uh, I've been writing books. I've written seven books, had published uh, since then. Uh, 
Harold and Phil are enjoying their totally enjoying enjoying their retirement with their families. Matter of fact, I'm getting ready to take off on a vacation here in a couple of days with my family, and uh, we're just doing all the things. That, some of the things that we missed out on all those years our kids were growing up, we're making it up to the grandkids. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was I was going through your book, uh, Statler Brothers: Random Memories. And I was watching the YouTube clip with your son and your nephew there, and I, I, I want to go to one quote, and I've written it down. It's the start of the book, and Todd, you got to listen to this one, because this, to me, really describes such a human moment. Now, here's somebody, to give you the backstory, here's somebody who's, who's been a master of their trade for 40 years. And this is the quote, and I'll, and I'll quote this. And suddenly in my head, all the music stopped, and everything went into slow motion, and I could only hear the silence. And I could only see my brothers as I'd seen them so many times before, so many times in the last 38 years. I caught myself standing on the stage while one of them sang a solo. And seeing them not as the audience was seeing them, but seeing them as I knew them. Seeing Phil standing there in that shiny suit and start shirt, and yet I was visualizing a skinny little blonde-haired barefoot boy who used to hang around our house because he and Harold were best friends. And then I look over and I see Lou with a guitar around his neck and I see the boy Harold brought home with him in grade school who had just moved next into town and liked to play the mandolin. Or I'd see Jimmy hitting the high note remember the first day he came to us nervous and hungry to do something with his talent. Then I'd see Harold in the spotlight and watch him control the crowd and think to myself, this is the guy I used to share a room with. This is the big brother who taught me everything and I know all about girls and softball and life in general and I say to myself, how did all these kids get up here on stage? This can't be. We're just a bunch of boys who grew up together, played ball together, double dated, and went to church and to the movies together. We're nothing special. How did this happen to us? And who are these men that everybody is standing, applauding, and clamoring for? And that was when my head was going through my head just before I heard someone read a telegram of congratulations from the stage signed George and Laura Bush. That was my final thought just before I heard, ladies and gentlemen, the Statler brothers for the final time. That was was running through my mind as I followed the other three on stage and into the lights that night were all those kids and thought, uh, how did they get to be these men and why is everyone standing and clapping? Yeah. That is the most remarkable view. I mean, I'm a writer. I've written two books and I'm really conscious of the fact that when I write something, if a thousand people read it, there's going to be a thousand different views on it and the view yeah. I took on that was here's a guy who's done this for 40 or 50 years and you're still questioning the fact that you got there when you, when you clearly got there four presidents later the most decorated band in country music history what's going through your mind in that moment after that now that you look back and you, you wrote that book I look back and see that is just truly honest of what was in my heart and what was in my head and I get tears just now when you read that to me I'm sorry to say that, you know, because it is so true, it rings true to me. Um, I never, none of us ever really took our career for granted. Uh, We always saw it as a blessing more than as an accomplishment. And so we always saw ourselves as who we really were. And those characters we were on stage were um, somebody we were just playing at the time. And, but inside we, we knew each other and we knew who we were. Wow. You know, that's, that's the great human experience, I feel, that you guys can be really good at playing songs. You could be really good at being entertainers. You could be really good at, 
you know, in the music industry, but you know, there's a touch of soul in that, that chapter. And I hope that everybody goes out there and reads that book, because if that's the first part of that book, you know, Don, I can't wait to read the rest. Will you send me a copy of that? I need to have a copy of that book. You don't have the book? No. Like of I course found, I'll send you a copy. I just found out about it. Of so, course. So what I'm really interested in hearing about uh, inside of the book is is meeting your heroes. I mean, we all grow up as kids, and there's a world of opportunity to all of us. And you're living in the States where there's the American dream. And you get to, to meet all of your heroes. You get to meet four or five presidents. Is there anybody left that you didn't get to meet that you wanted to meet that, that you're incomplete about? You know, we're really not. With Again, we're blessed uh, because we got to be... We not only got to uh, meet like Roy Rogers and Jill, they grew up, they were our heroes. And we got to work with them and do, uh, do television with Roy. And then we would go to uh, L.A. and go up and sit in the box with Gene and watch the Angels play. Uh, and Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, we grew up with, they were idols wow, of ours. Yeah. And then we worked with, worked with both of them and got to know them. We were just, I mean, to, this, to look back, and it, it was the most enjoyable part of our career to know that you could... Uh, that you got to meet all these guys. Not only did you get to meet them, but just the fact that you get the inspiration from them. You, you write the songs that just, you know, create stories. And one of the the greatest stories that I know that I love, and it's kind of an obscure song, is when the Yankees came home. Like, yeah. did, did you write that song? Yeah, I wrote the song, yeah. Where did you come up with that from? Like, how do you write that song? Well, there's another story. Uh, it had to do with Don Sutton. Yeah, the pitcher. DeVitcher, who I got to be friends with years later, and I've told him this same story. The, the Yankees and the, I think it was the Yankees and the Dodgers, yeah. were, were playing, and they were saying one night, and uh, I was watching the news, and it says, uh, tonight at 11.15, the Yankees come home. They just finished the, the World Series in the Yankees. The Yankees come home. Well, see, that, that caught my ear. I like that, that, that thing. And Sutton had said in an interview that during that series, because he was pitching for the Dodgers, he said, I always dreamed of pitching in the World Series in the Yankee Stadium. The only thing different in my dream, I was pitching for the Yankees. He's on the wrong <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good, because in the sun, the Yankees come home, so he loses. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just, I just made up a story to go around those phrases and uh, with those, that inspiration, and uh, that's that's all. We're always looking for a new way of telling an old story. Yeah, and you know, the, one of the stories I used to love is, uh, and I, I mentioned this before, my father, Jerry, was a, such a huge fan. He's still with us. He used to drive us around in the 1976 Volari in the D.C. area. And um, the song that you wrote about not a, uh, nothing as original as you. Oh, yeah. When you're, when you're driving through... The, you know the the nation's capital through Arlington Cemetery or Pennsylvania Avenue, and, and you're hearing the the music that you've created about the nation's capital. Then you tie it into a human element again, where you bring in the experience back into comparing it to somebody else. I mean, you just have a way with words. I mean, Kurt Vonnegut called you guys America's poets, but you really had an ability to take a masterful ability to to tell a story and to spin it into a human experience. And well, thank you. I want to ask you, what was your favorite song? that you wrote? I mean, you, you have to have a, a thousand of them, but if you can only pick one, which are you the most proud of? What has the most significance to you? Well, you know, probably some, you know, uh, the songs that you would know, I'll go to my grave loving you. That, yeah. certainly, that certainly means so much to me. But some of those album songs, you just mentioned uh, two, thing, two of them there, Yankees Come Home and, and uh, Nothing Is Rigid. And some of these are more like My Daddy Than Me. Are you familiar with that yeah. song? Huh? Of course. <laughs> okay, that's on an album. And they were in Maple Street Memories, 
And these stories, the story songs are the ones that I really like. I love putting them together, and I like uh, that they turn to be favorites of mine. Yeah, and I know that you're a man of faith, and uh, you attend your, your, your Presbyterian church, and you're, you're loyal. I believe that you're an elder in the church as well. How much has your faith come into your story writing, into your um, songwriting ability, into being a, a, a husband, a father, and a, and a human being? Oh, the faith is part of it every day. As a matter of fact, since I retired, uh, and I started writing books, I started doing these book talks around where I would talk about the books and the writing, and we'd and do this sort of thing. And they, that sort of led to sometimes it'd be held in churches on Sunday nights or like, to pulpit supply. And now I'm doing this about every other Sunday. I go and do a lot of churches and do pulpit supply on Sunday morning. So I'm doing a, a, a lot of that. So my faith is, has always been a very big part of what I'm doing, and now probably even more. Mm. What are you most proud of in your, in your music career? probably the, that I was given the ability to write. I probably love writing more than anything, more than the singing, more than the performing. Mm. You know, I think that um, I remember being 18 years old and, you know, it wasn't really cool when I was 18 years old to, to love the Statler brothers, but I held you guys dear. Yeah. And I'm in the movie theater and I'm watching Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. yeah. in a really graphic movie. And there's Bruce Willis <laughs> sitting at the at the stoplight, counting flowers on the wall. And I'm the only kid in that entire got it <laughs> in the theater going, "That's the Stallers." <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, "How does Tarantino, as twisted as he does, pick that song? Pick that song with he the requested most." requested all that stuff, and he got in touch and said, "Can I use the song in this movie?" Well, we weren't real sure what the movie was going to be exactly, but we said, well, yeah, that's okay. Well, it, and it was strange on that album then, which was, I think, with Platinum, uh, that, we, that we were in some strange company that we'd never been in before with other artists. I would was think so. Yeah, that's not a crowd that you would swim with, Don. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, did you actually end up seeing the movie? Do what? Did you ever end up seeing the movie Pulp Fiction? Oh, yeah. I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got it. Wow, you sat through it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I had to step through to hear the song. <laughs> I fast forward straight to that scene. I get somebody, I get my manager to tell me where that is, and I queue it up, and I watch that 15 seconds, and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's pretty gruesome. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick little break here. We're going to come back on the flip side. Uh, we got Don Reed from the Statler Brothers, and I'm, I'm overjoyed about it. You, have, of course, listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, Paul Cavalcante here from the Vinyl Experience Radio Show, Sunday mornings. You provide the bagels and the coffee and the newspaper, and I'll spin the records at 9 a.m. And then an encore at 3 p.m. Missed out? You'll catch the show again at 9 p.m. on Sundays and again at 3 a.m. Monday morning. The Vinyl Experience, 9 and 3. That's all you need to know. Oh, 33, 45, and 78 are important numbers, too, but you get the idea. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, or as we like to call it around here, whatever the hell's on Chuck's mind, on radio that doesn't suck. And the class of 57 had a strange. We all thought we'd change the world of our great works and deeds. Or maybe we just thought the world would change to fit our needs. The class of 57 had its dreams. 
Welcome back to Chuck's World and Infinite Mojo. And listen up, talk radio, talk-radio.ca. And we're back with my guest, uh, Don Reed from the Statler Brothers. Don, you still there? I'm right here, Chuck. Listen, I want to uh, take the second half to go into a little bit more to your legacy, because obviously you spent, you know, 50 years of your life building and accumulating. Uh, you've got accolades. You're the most decorated band in country music history. But when it comes down to uh, Don Reed waking up in the morning, going to make his coffee, being the human being, the person, uh, what really drives you these days? Oh, family. Uh, all of my family live within a rock-throwing distance. It's a small town. So my sons and their family live here. I have two sons, and i got four grandkids and my wife. And we do stuff together. We vacation together. We get together at least a couple times a week, and all of us eat or picnic or do something. And it's a very family-oriented outfit here. Uh, we do everything together, and, Lord, it's, it's a nice reward for those 40 years I was on the road and missed so much of, of them growing up. Now, obviously, you being touring around, and, you know, there has to be a you know conversation. Daddy has to—this is what Daddy does for work, and this is what yeah. Daddy has to go do to provide for. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got sons now as well. Like, what was the impact on them, and how do they see that now? I think at the time they were, it, 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 they bothered him from, from time to time, although they all are always, they're so, so supportive of their career, and they're better historians about what I've done and what I have and what the Stadler brothers have done. I always go to them with questions. What year was that song out and everything? They, they got it in their heads. And of course, now Langdon, my son, if he's touring with uh, Wilson Firechild, he's part of that duo, and he and uh, Will, they tour, so he's got kids that he has to leave the way I had to leave him. And so he and I talk about that quite a bit, too, and he handles it so well. Yeah, and, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because I was actually going on the, uh, the Internet and doing my research for the interview today, and I came across Wilson Fairchild before they were known as uh, Grandstaff. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. And so Langdon is your son, mm -hmm. and your nephew, Will, is Harold's son. Harold's son, And right. they became this duo, and they actually wrote this song called the Statler Brothers song, Todd, yeah. and it's, it's, it's absolutely the most brilliant song that you've ever heard of because it starts off sounding like the bed of roses then I'll go to my grave loving you uh, and now you've got carry me back how sweet thou art uh, Shirley Jean Burrell thank you world all morphed into this tribute yeah. you know to their uncle and to their father uh, and it's just a great sounding song like like but, just the, the tribute aside the song is amazing but let me tell you Chuck, how how and why the song was written we got the call that we were going into the country music hall of fame a few years ago and one of the things you, they do they have three artists that performs at your ceremony and you get to choose the artist you whoever you want and so it will and langdon came to her on our one night so we want you to hear something what well, they had written this song as a tribute to us and we said, okay, please, will you all sing that at our induction? So they wrote it for our induction into the Hall of Fame, and that made it even more special. And as you're sitting there for the induction, watching your seed perform this song, what's going on through your mind? What's going on through your hamster wheel? Well, first of all, I couldn't see a thing because I was crying. Uh, the whole <laughs> song. And yeah. I'm just sitting there thinking, maybe, maybe we did do the right thing. Uh, sometimes I felt guilty about being gone so much. I felt guilty about this and that, you know, with the family. And I thought, you know, my thoughts were, you know, maybe we did it the right way because they are, the blessings are coming back to us right now through the words of the song. And who were the other artists that you chose? Uh, Vincent and Daly. Mm -hmm. Daly and Vincent, I mean, excuse me, you know, Bluegrass. Yeah. And Reba. And Reba wow. McIntyre. Yeah, she, she, Reba used to open the show for us years ago, so we were, we were old friends, and 
she came and she sang Flowers on the Wall that night. You know, there's a, there's a list of people that you could have chosen a, a mile long. I mean, you just have to listen to your song, To Be a Country Star. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you wrote the song, To Be a Country Star, um, obviously you had to fit a lot of names of your industry at the time into that set. Uh, if you go back right now, who would you include? Oh, well, see, you'd have to include Kenny Chesney. You'd have to include Faith Hill. And, and I mean, it would be a whole new generation of people that you would you would include. And it would be interesting to rewrite that song now uh, without using anybody that we used before, but you'd have a brand new song. And again, we wrote that for a CMA Awards show. We were, that, we were asked to perform. So we thought, we want to do something different than just do our next record. So we wrote this to uh, cover the whole country music industry. You know, and the funny thing is, I remember listening to that song for the very first time. My dad would say, Chucky, I want you to listen to this song. And I want you to really hear it. And I would actually listen to the words. And that's the very first time I actually heard words, because uh, I'm seven years old at this time. And the song was over. And he says to me, he turned the tape deck off. And he looks to me in the shotgun seat. And he's like, do you realize these people here could have written a song about absolutely anything? And they took time out of their day and effort to write a song encouraging and acknowledging the people around them that are in their industry. Nobody's done that. And I really want to acknowledge you for doing that, Don, because that was a... Oh, what a nice insight your dad had there. That, I, I think I like him a lot. Well, you're going to have to give him a book then, too. I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the second book goes, because my dad was the, the quintessential... And you know, the sad thing is we never saw you in concert. We're in Canada. And uh, you guys don't do a whole lot of touring up here. Um, we always had a bucket list wish that we were going to go down to Wolf Trap and watch it down in, v in Vienna and do that. We never got to do it. But, um, you know, the, the one thing about your music, and I, and I want to say this to you as an artist and as, and as a human being and as a man, there's a very wonderful gift that you give people for every three minutes they listen to your song because a song will actually trigger you back to a memory or a place or a situation. Yeah. And every time I hear that song, I go back and I get to be a seven-year-old kid who's loved by my father, driving around, I'm the apple of his eye, there's nothing bigger than him in you know, my view at that moment. And you know, like life has shifted and that view's changed, but for three minutes when I hear your song, I get to play that person all over again, and I'm really thankful for that. So thank you for doing that. That's nice, because, you know, each song of ours was triggered by a memory, and that's because so much of them is about our memories, and now you're saying it triggers memories when you hear them, so that, that's a nice circle. Just the ripple effect, I think, that that actually has. And, yeah. you know, right now it's happening again, because, you know, we're creating this one right now, coming from my radio show Outwards, and people listening to this. So what you actually did 50 years ago is now actually playing out right now in front of you. Isn't that funny? Yeah, exactly. I wanted to ask you, moving forward here, you're 68 now. I've written a book. It's called Journey of a Lifetime. It's about the final five minutes inside of your life that if you had five minutes left to live, wow. who do you need to be complete with? Who do you need to give forgiveness to? Who do you need to say I love you to and move on? But if you had five minutes left to live, what do you need to say or to do to be complete? Honestly, try to stay ahead of that. I think I have said it to all the people that I need to say it to. I hold no grudges. Not that I've had problems through my life with people, but I've, I've let go of that. I, there's nobody I think I need to forgive that I haven't forgiven. There's nobody I need to ask for forgiveness that I haven't. Hmm. So I think I've got all that covered. I think if under the last five minutes, uh, I would just want to prepare my spirit and my soul for what was coming. Mm -hmm. 
and I think for uh, for the transition. That's all I would just. That, it'd be nice to have five minutes to get ready for that. So, if you spent fifty years getting to that moment, in the very end, if we could give you the wish or the gift of saying, "What do you want to be remembered for?" What could you say? that you want to be remembered for, that you want to secure your legacy up, that the music didn't do, that the father had, you know, might not have done, but you actually want to state it out front. What do you say? I would want to say that he was, I would hope I'd be able to say he was a good father, and he wrote a few good songs. A few good songs. <laughs> a handful, yeah. You know, like I said, when I was, when I was reading that part of your book um, that you wrote in Chapter 1, random memories um i was just really touched you know that you've been living this life for 40 or 50 years at that time and still that human quality comes back to us that we sit there and say what have i done to deserve this even though you've earned it and you've got that stage there and there's no doubt nobody can take that away from you yet in that one moment we all have that piece of vulnerability inside of us that comes back and says hey listen what did i really do to get here oh like, yeah and I think that comes from a lot of humility, and I think that, you know, your faith background really comes out through and through. And you guys have lived that way your entire lives, no? Yeah. Yeah, we, we've been, been fortunate. We were raised we were raised well, <laughs> and we had good parents who, um, who showed us the right way. And, you know, you, it all goes back to that, and I'm, I'm so thankful for the background that we've had. Mm. So you've written seven books now. What's next for you now? Well, I'm... Been doing a lot of speaking engagements. I do a lot of uh, you know, like banquets and dinners and churches and pulpits of and so. So I'm really doing that. That's kind of where my head is right now. I've got a couple of books started. I haven't finished, and I need to get back to that. And uh, so that it'll be something like that. Whenever I get inspired, I'll, I'll finish the books. Can you give us an idea of what's coming up in these books? <laughs> Well, one might be a continuation. I got a fiction and a nonfiction. Matter of fact, Langdon and I, my son Langdon, we're working on a nonfiction together. And we're uh, the other one is, uh, is 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 a novel which I enjoyed. Where three of my seven books have been novels, and uh, I enjoy writing that. It's, it's a lot of fun. Now, where do we get these? Well, you can get them online, or you you, you can get them in the store when they were new. Uh, but you can get them online at standardbrothers.com, donreed.net, any place, either one of those. Check right. them out. So, what are the what are the 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 fictional books about the novels? I've created this little town called Mount Jefferson, Virginia, and it's about uh, set in the 50s, and it's about kind of uh, flashbacks to, to that sort of thing and uh, stories about the, the town and the people there. It's a cast of characters. I'll send you one of them. Flashback, sock hop, stew baker, Pepsi, please. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Absolutely. Any of those. The absolute brilliance in your in your uh, songwriting ability is tempting me to actually step out now and actually want to read your books as well. Because, you know, Don, I'm so glad that you took the, t the time today. I'm honored that you got the time today to, uh, to come on my show. Um, it doesn't happen very often that somebody you grew up watching and idolizing and listening to and there's a lot of people that I've met in my life that were heroes of mine, and I met them, and they weren't heroes anymore. Well, and, you I've know, had they, that experience. I know, uh, yeah. Isn't that a letdown? It is. It, it's, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> it's like a kick to the stomach. But, you know, the one thing I, I really get from you, and, and my father really instilled this in my head, is like those four men could have written about anything, and they took the time to acknowledge their peers, and not everybody wow. ever does that in the industry. These people here are going somewhere, and that was like 1977. I tell you, that thought process there just touches me. I can't tell you how. I, he's, he's taken it from an angle that I'd never thought of before, and I just, 
I, I just, that's lovely. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, listen, Don, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, so we go to statlerbrothers.com. We go to donreed.net to get any of your books. Yep. And uh, is there anybody you want to give a plug out to, to to thank or to acknowledge for the ride that you've been on right now that got you there? Oh, I just want to thank my family, thank the Lord, thank my wife, thank my family, because they're all very supportive, and it wouldn't be any fun without doing it with them. You know, I just, again, I'm tickled pink that you took the time to uh, to spend with us today. Don, read from the Statler Brothers. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. for. for thank you, Chuck. And don't hang up when we finish because I want to get an address from you. But Thanks, thank man. You I appreciate very much. that. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this short break. If you ever hear the stage of calling, we'll even love you better than we did then. We love Shirley Jean Burrell and and bed of roses makes me in a land of blue And thank you world for giving us the Stadlers Cause we'll go to our grave loving you One word. Wow. That's all I got after that. <laughs> I need a cigarette and I don't even smoke. Like, that's how overjoyed I am right now. I'm just so elated. It's like I could turn the lights off in the studio. And, and I would still, still glow. <laughs> would glow. I know. You know what? Like the one great thing about having your own radio show is that you get to pick your guests. And I'm just overjoyed that Don Reed showed up today. Um, he showed up. He showed up. He did. And you know what? He was just his normal great self, which was who he is. And the rest of the Statler brothers, uh, I hope to meet them one day. Uh, they don't tour anymore, but I'm very, very thankful that he stopped by today and gave me some insights. Remember you were asking me, you said, you know, you ever meet any of your idols and you kind of go, hmm, yeah. that wasn't, that wasn't it. This is one of the ones where you know he wasn't phoning it in because we've all done interviews where we just know, whether it's in person or it's on the phone, the person's phoning it in. They're just doing yeah. it because the record company Mailing told it them. In. Yeah. And this was not that. And you know what? Like, what's really consistent with this is he didn't have to do it. He's not touring anymore. No. Nope. Just the same way nope. as he didn't have to write the songs about his idols and his heroes and his mentors. And yet they took time out of their day and their career to acknowledge the people around them. And that's just Don Reed being Don Reed. And if you want to actually get some more of that, they've got a great book out, Statler Brothers Random Memories. Go to statlerbrothers.com or donreed.net. And his uh, son Langdon and nephew Will, who's also the brother, uh, sorry, the son of Harold, uh, which is Don's brother, uh, they are Wilson Fairchild. And they've got a wonderful song called The Sattler Brothers Tributes. And if you go on the website, you can grab it there. And uh, I highly encourage you to get some of that Kool-Aid. Awesome. It is not available on 8-Track, though, however. No, no. Maybe one day. <laughs> Probably not even CD anymore. <laughs> <laughs> digital download, it is. It doesn't look as cool in your uh, 76 Velari, though, when you're shoving no. a digital download and, you know, in. Dad, I think if you're listening to this, I hope, it, I hope that was something that made you proud, too, because thank you for exposing me to the Sattler Brothers. I still love them. You've done good. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. We'll catch you right back here next week. Thank you for spending time with Chuck in his infinite world of mojo. If you'd like to get in touch with Chuck or Todd, the email address is feedback at radiothatdoesntsuck.com or call the feedback line 866-269-6155.